Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. This is a podcast about the secondhand fashion world, thrift, vintage, consignment, resale, but also what it means for the planet and how it bleeds into the world of sustainable fashion and what we can do for the planet. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my producer, extraordinaire and bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. What's up, Mayor? How is life in our nation's capital? Well, today I have um, the, if any listeners are Succession fans, uh, just the theme song Daddy's Kiss. on repeat. Uh. Oh my God. Yes. I don't know if any, any, any listeners are A, fans of HBO's ridiculous show Succession, which has you rooting for a bunch of horrific white people. And uh, you know the theme song, which is like tinkling piano music. And it's like very, very long. It drives me crazy how long that intro is. But then Pusha T, the rapper, like is doing a remix of it. But then he was very quickly beat out by some man on the internet who did this incredible, incredible remix himself singing yeah, sort over of it. Like, yeah, like an acapella, just beautiful. I don't even know what that display was. The, I, I think a friend of ours, uh, a mutual friend of Mare and I, um, who uh, shared it with us, was just like, the internet is undefeated. So while I'm here to talk to you about all things authentication and fake bags and how you're going to make sure you don't get scammed and a little bit more into the world of like what the world is doing to stop this from happening, I just, on repeat, have that Succession theme song stuck in my head. So... That's what's happening. Yeah, just Google Daddy's Kiss. You'll find it. <laughs> um, so, Mayor, I actually had a really fun, serendipitous, uh, it never gets old session uh, earlier this week because I was waiting for a friend at a sushi restaurant. He was late, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, sitting at the bar by myself, you know, killing a little time. And it was sort of an area of town where I don't, I don't go there that often, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, just kind of sitting there just listening to everybody else, as one does. And there was a woman and her son, and they're talking to the bartender. And for whatever reason, they're talking about how they're from out of town, they're in LA, and they're going to go to Huntington Beach and go to consignment shops. 
And there was some reason for it that now escapes me. But the woman was like, yeah, I don't know. I just consignment shops. They're they're so overwhelming. You know, sometimes they're so crowded. They smell weird. I just don't I just don't know how to navigate this. And I was like I was that person (laughs) who was like tap, tap, tap on the shoulder. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but uh, I just so happen to maybe have a solution for you. This is my podcast. And they were like, are you kidding? This is so good. Are you kidding? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. This is a, this is a real thing that I've been doing. And so they, you know, everybody like open it up on their iPhones while, you know, they were still at the bar and we're like, this is amazing. You know, the wide world of Gucci. And oh my gosh, you guys have like, you have like quite, quite a back catalog. And I was like, I know. So anyway, I, I felt like a good Samaritan in that in that sense. Like a short year ago, I would have just sat there and been like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about consignment stores either. But we're all learning together. The student has become the master. I am so proud. Uh, this serves as a reminder that we have been putting out weekly episodes since April. So there is a significant back catalog if you are new to It Never Gets Old. But also, if you're ever sitting in a bar and someone next to you happens to be complaining about how they don't understand consignment stores, do your civic Now's It Never Gets chance. Old duty. Yeah. And yeah. You know what to do, spread the word. Yeah. And, and we appreciate all the messages that I get. And please share it. Uh, IRL at a bar or on the internet uh, and that makes me so happy uh, and you know maybe you made this woman's consignment life a little bit easier yeah she was super thrilled and everyone was like it never gets old well that's clever and I'm like yeah well that's all mayor <laughs> uh, but yeah no it, it was it was such a fun moment to be like Hi, I'm sorry to interrupt because, you know, interrupting people in their own conversations at bars are always, you know, you never really know how that's going to go. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm about to make your night. (laughs) I'm imagining you just like roll it, scooting over, like in a desk chair, like scooting over in a desk chair and be like, well, I have a podcast for you. That's like whenever someone tells me that they have trouble bragging about themselves. I'm like, well, I have a book for you. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know. Help us help you, everybody. You got to brag about it. It never gets old. Um, So today, what are we talking about? We are talking all things authentication. We've talked a bit about fakes and how to avoid them somewhat, but I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into what authentication means, who will do it for you, and just how to be extra careful, particularly in this online world of secondhand. This also goes for stores, but there are major advances, and there have been for a long time, people particularly in trade that uh, are trying to combat the proliferation of fakes. I said in our fakes episode, it is a game of whack-a-mole. If you want to go back into our catalog and listen a little bit more about, about fake things and how anything can be faked. But I want to give some more knowledge that I know about how to scout out fake things, what your responsibility is as a consumer versus a store owner versus an app or a website. Um, and then how some of this is getting tripped up, but also there are advances in how we are going to be able to spot real things or not. Yeah, so I guess the, you know, square one is as a consumer and who wants to buy something, you really like it. It seems it seems real. You know, how do you know that it isn't fake? And, you know, we've we've talked about this a million different ways, like baseline, you know, if it's too good to be true, it is. 
uh, unless it's a highly specific item. Like I talked a lot about this Balenciaga graffiti jacket that was very, very expensive that I flipped and bought for very little on Poshmark. And that was something that I examined enough because I know enough. So I want to give you some of my tips, but it's interesting because I think that a lot of these, the, the major player in designer secondhand is the real real. You know, the real real just IPO'd, became a publicly traded company. And I think, and this is controversial, and this is based on more anecdotal evidence, but they have scaled very quickly. They have an incredible amount of stuff. And from from what I hear, sometimes they are not uh, correct about authentication. Now that is, and they promise authentication. So what makes the real real unique is they have tons and tons of in-house authenticators, uh, which means they have people who are trained to spot fakes and do it for the brand, for the real real. However, I think that from what I've seen, the real real has just come under fire a little bit for trying to scale too quickly and that they've taken on too many items and things are mislabeled um, or things are put in a wrong category or the photo doesn't match the description. I think that there's just going to have to be a lot more care as fakes get better and better and better. I actually started listening to a different podcast that The Real Real is advertising on. Um, It's the first time that I've heard that company advertising on a podcast, but it's a pretty high profile podcast. So I'm like, okay, all right. The real real is, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their work, but I do wonder about that. And I understand how the real real works. Going back to Gucci from a couple of episodes ago, if I have some Gucci loafers, I'm ready to, to offload it onto the real real and the real real might uh, be able to get me some money back for it. If I know it's real, great, not a problem. The next person just kind of has to believe that that's all part of the deal. But if it isn't, who is there to be able to sniff it out and say, no, and then what happens? Does it get sent back to me? So a couple things. What we're dealing with here is human error, and there is a lot of people trying to solve this. So when I was in Copenhagen at the Copenhagen Fashion Summit, which is a sustainable fashion summit, uh, there is blockchain technology being developed to trace the life of a garment so that you can actually know once and for all whether something is real or not. I mean, authentication is something that has the proliferation of fakes. I mean, everything has always been faked, but it's gotten more and more advanced. So then, you know, like a Chanel has moved on to holograms, but then that wasn't enough. The hologram needed to match the number in it, which needed to match the authentication card. I just think that brands are going to have to get more and more advanced if a barcode isn't enough because people can fake barcodes. Like, where do we go from that? And there are a lot of apps that are trying to deal in that space. So I'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, what we're dealing with here is human error. I had a situation with Tokyo 7, um, which is an incredible secondhand store that I continue to shop at despite our kerfuffle. Uh, in New York City, and they unknowingly sold me a fake Celine bag. And I was pissed. I said I wanted to return it, and I wanted my money back. And these are people that look at luxury goods every day. I do not believe that they would take it. Like, almost all consignment stores, all of them, uh, will not take fake 
items if they know that they're fake and if they can tell. And I got in a big fight with the owner and he refused to let me bring it back. And it was really soured, soured my opinion. But what I will say is like, that's a store. The person who was selling that bag knew what they were doing because Tokyo 7 is a place that takes a lot more unusual Japanese designers, sculptural pieces, and a regular Celine bag wouldn't show up there as often, and they're not seeing Celine as often. So what we're dealing with here is human error. And when you have people like at The Real Real that run authentication, when you have people, when you buy something over $500 on Poshmark, they will authenticate it. But really interrogating those practices is gonna become really important. Okay, so who will authenticate and who will not? And who you know, what is this margin of error you're going to allow? So, you know, there are many consignment stores IRL where I bring stuff and like at Crossroads, for example, which is a popular resale shop. I sell a lot of stuff to them. I buy a lot of their stuff, particularly in New York and LA. And people, if it's a higher value item, a designer item, they will start Googling style numbers. Um, but again, we're dealing with human error. I know another consignment store, Sekondi, that I have been a patron of since I was in high school, I used to take the Metro down uh, and it's in DuPont Circle and there are varying apps that are aimed at consignment store owners that allow them to scan, to look for, to look up a brand and say, here are the seven identifying factors. But again, you're dealing with human error. Nobody has really solved this puzzle yet. So you really have to educate yourself to the best of your ability. Decide if something, you know, as I said, smells real leather is always a dead giveaway. But what we're talking about here is like a lot, a lot more involved. And and I don't know who's who's going to solve this problem. Lots of price points here. And I assume with luxury items, this is very much the norm. What about items that may still be valuable, but are priced at a certain price point that is below what we might assume, you know, Poshmark would care about or, you know, any of these other sites would care about as far as authenticating. Is there a threshold of a, a, a cost where you have to kind of just like, you're th- kind of throwing caution to the wind at that point? Yeah. So only a few places will authenticate. Now, I would love to have someone from The Real Real come on and talk a little bit more about their authentication process. But if you are selling with The Real Real, they guarantee authentication. Uh, and I'm putting a big asterisk there because I think that things will start to infiltrate even the finest tooth combs. They are the only site that guarantees authentication for you. And so a lot of consignment stores will say like guaranteed authentic, But examining what that means, I mean, a lot of it is good faith and understanding that you can just kind of tell that there's sort of that X factor if something isn't real. Um, I encountered this recently. Here's what happens when you don't. I was at Wasteland, one of my absolute favorite resale shops, and a lot of these sites, a lot of these stores just wipe their hands clean and are like, we don't want to be legally responsible. We don't want to be responsible at all. And there was a pair of Chloe boots. That's uh, the Susanna boot. They have studs all over them. They're constantly replicated. They are extremely popular. They're one of the like few unicorn items that retains value even as styles change. And I picked up a pair and I looked at them and they were $300, which is very low for the resale. However, 
Wasteland uh, is a reseller, not a consignment store. So things are generally priced lower, which is one reason why I love it so much. And 300 sounded about right for them. Now on the secondhand internet, those fetch a lot more, at least double. But that didn't bother me. What bothered me was when I looked just kind of in and around, I didn't think it was real. And I, I flagged down a... Uh, salesperson I said hey I just want to flag this for you like I'm sort of in this game I do a lot in secondhand I couldn't be like here's my like laundry list of secondhand credentials and understanding of why I would know this but I don't think these are real and I just want to flag that for you and I have done that before in stores and it's usually just out of goodwill and saying like listen like you know, I remember doing that with a Perenza bag, maybe at Crossroads. And I'm just I say, like, listen, like I deal in and around these things like I just going to flag this for you. I don't think it's real because it's a really, really bad look for a store to be selling fake things. You know, a lot of this stuff, the legality is really gray. But the woman said to me at Wasteland, she says, oh, it's fine. We don't authenticate, which I thought was a very dangerous proposition, because that means that a lot of stuff that you can just walk in knowing you have tons of great fake stuff and sell it to Wasteland and it doesn't really seem like there are repercussions. They just sort of wipe their hands clean of it. Now, the people that are doing the buying at Wasteland are experts and definitely would know for the most part. That's interesting because a store like Wasteland that has several outposts and is very, very popular in certain circles, you being one of their, you know, most enthusiastic customers, them saying we don't authenticate is like, OK, I get it. You don't have somebody on staff who's doing that because that adds a layer of complexity. But then you also know that you've got a bunch of fakes in in house. I mean, you have to because people will just try to game the system in that sense. And then what does that do to your reputation or or do you care? Yeah, I was really shocked, honestly. And I would I would bet that a lot of other Wasteland staff or managers wouldn't say it quite like that. Um, I think they would potentially put things to the side. But the truth is, is like, what are you supposed to do if you're a store owner? I have seen Sikandi say very gently uh, to people that are trying to sell fake, fake things that oh, you know, we we cannot guarantee, they say it very gently because people can get really defensive or really offended because then you're asserting that like, you know, it's just like a really tricky thing. People say, you know, graciously like, oh, I cannot authenticate it so I can't take it instead of saying like you are trying to sell a fake bag. At other resale stores like at sometimes they will pursue repercussions. Um, and there's one in particular that I sell to where I have to give them my driver's license number and show like, you know, proof of, you know, being a person with a driver's license or proof of identification. But a lot of places make you do that. Uh, a lot of resale shops make you do that. And I don't exactly know. And I'd, I will inquire what what really the responsibility of these store owners is. But I understand why it would be difficult that you don't want to take that on. So there's probably nothing that they can really do with that information except to blackball you if you try to do it again. Yes. And like, so that's the, the risk you run if you're going to try to sell a bunch of fake stuff to Wasteland and it does work. Or, you know, a lot of stuff is tied back to you. This isn't true as much in resale, which is why I guess people can gain that system. But if you're selling this to a consignment store, like you have a seller number, you have an account number, they can trace it back to you. Um, and I think a lot of this will get more and more advanced technology wise with more apps that can do authentication on the spot. We're still working with human error or with, you know, 
blockchain with the real real doing its best, like some of this stuff. It's just, again, it's this game of whack-a-mole. So the truth is, as a consumer, you just have to be incredibly educated. Different brands have different identifying factors. The best thing you can do for yourself is look at the same thing online. You know, you can look through these guides of like the different touch points for like a Chanel that's I you know keep coming back to it because it has pretty obvious like demarcation with authenticity. You have to have, you know, there's a card you get that matches the number on the inside of the bag that matches the hologram. Now holograms change based on decade and when Chanel introduced them, but it's stuff like that. You just have to look up the brand and educate yourself. Um, but one thing I have done when I'm not sure if something's real or not is to, uh, if I can, if it's something that's still in stores, I'll go look at it and see like, okay, can I tell the difference? Or I'll look at that item online and you can usually tell from a picture. Other ways you can self-authenticate, because the truth is, is you really have to be your own best advocate in these scenarios. And I put my trust in the real real. I put my trust in Poshmark at things over $500, but I've been around the block enough times to know uh, all the things you need to check that aren't just like a Chanel label, um, that are just different brands that we talked about, Sarah, like an acne or, you know, anything that people, people want, uh, which is to check the metal. Check, always check the metal. If it looks like it's tarnishing, a nicer brand is going to be very careful with their metal and it won't be kind of grimy or look like it might tarnish into a brass or like a stainless steel. That's that's a giveaway. All we have right now are things like style numbers, which you can easily Google. If you look in the tag of a garment, uh, Google the style number. The style number is the series of numbers and letters on the tag. Every garment of anything from the Gap to Hermes has a style number. That's the way that brands keep track of things. Um, and sometimes also then reverse engineering that. I remember a favorite pair of jeans of mine, like they stopped selling it and I looked up the style number on eBay and was able to then reverse find, find the jeans. <laughs> Recently, as in the last several months, I bought a pair of jeans on Poshmark that I already had. The style number was the same. The, the cut was the same. The size was the same. Everything was the same. I liked these jeans. I wanted them again. When I got them, something felt off. And you know, the zippers were my first giveaway. The color was slightly wrong. And I don't really know, you know, and at the point where I'm like, well, the favorite jeans that I already had are several years old. Like, I don't know, maybe the, I don't know, the zippers just sort of got lighter over time, you know, because I've washed them so many times. Hard to say. But yet something was up and I told Poshmark, I don't think these are authentic. And Poshmark kind of went back to the seller and the seller, you know, stood up for themselves and it was a whole thing. Never been through this before. And it wasn't actually like really all that horrible, but you know, there, there was a, a, a certain protocol that we went through. And finally Poshmark was like, well, we don't really know what to tell you. If you just want to keep the pants, will you take like a $50 credit and just like buy something else? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so that's what happened. It was, just, it was a funny kind of like, I wasn't really mad at the resolution because I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, I didn't hate the pants. I just don't think that they're real. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, you know, a company being like, we don't really know how to like go back and forth anymore with the two of you. So we'll just give you a credit and hope that you remain a customer. Yeah. I think that we are at a touch point where 
fakes are getting really extreme and you can only make so many promises and you have to be educated as a consumer. And so the, a lot of these brands like don't want to touch it with a bazillion foot pole because, you know, as we discussed in the fakes episode, um, a lot of the issues with fakes is you don't know where the money's going. You don't know the worker conditions. You don't know that there's no chemical regulation. I think the fashion industry should be much more regulated as it is, but that is absolutely zero, zero regulations and probably horrific work conditions. Um, and so we're in this this place where, you know, I want to have this conversation because I think that it's like, what is our responsibility as a customer? And then what are the responsibilities of the merchants? And I think in that scenario, like you definitely, when you sign up to buy or sign up to sell, I'm sure you wave away most of your rights. Um, and at the end of the day, like you have to make that judgment call yourself. And, you know, it's interesting. I got a really, really fancy watch from The Real Real. And I advocate people buying on it all the time, especially if it's name brand stuff. I still intensely stand. I think it's just part of a long, larger conversation about what we're going to do about replicas and the fashion industry is really contending with that. And, you know, when that watch came, it came with papers and all this stuff. And I took it to a jewelry store to have it appraised just to make sure. And it totally checked out. So I think that, you know, some of the stuff that's slipping through the cracks or where they're trying to scale really quickly, one big question is still just going to be around authentication. And the real real is really the only one that is willing to take this on themselves. I mean, Grailed or Poshmark or Depop or sometimes stores like a wasteland. They don't want anything to do with it because they don't want to be responsible. That's right. But, yeah. you know, the truth is, is there's no worse look for a store than peddling fake stuff. But the truth is, you know, the Internet, as we said, like the Internet is undefeated and it will just continue to proliferate. Yeah. Well, in, you know, again, the uh, example that I just laid out, Poshmark was like, well, I don't know if this person sold her a fake pair of jeans. I don't know if this person who got the, you know, pair of jeans is just saying that, right? Like in order to like, I don't know, get her money back or something like who knows. And I kind of watched this, you know, tennis ball back and forth, you know, over about a week or so. Who know, like who I thought I was right, but I didn't really know. And so, you know, for them just being like, what can we pay you to make this go away? You know, like like Get, buy a sweatshirt on us. And I was like, well, okay. You know, because again, we weren't talking about something that was that much money. Had we been talking about something that was $500 plus, would have been a whole different situation. Totally. And I think that at some point, there will become some like landmark lawsuit, like piece of technology that will put a lot of this to rest. But I want to hear from listeners like, you know, have you been caught in any of these scenarios? Have you what do you do to authenticate your own things? What do you think is the responsibility of consumers versus, you know, the brands that are selling us these things or resale websites or shops? You know, there was a situation where I was a dum-dum and bought a Celine bag, which is such an oft knocked off thing. This was a while ago on Poshmark. And, you know, the other thing that the seller has to contend with is their reputation. So, 
you know, I think that you can open a case and what happened was, you know, I left it on the Rio. I was like, this is clearly fake. And and she didn't want me to open a case. So she just replied, like, just mail it back, just mail it back, just mail it back, just mail it back. And someone else will be like willing to, you know, carry Dang. a fake bag because they, they want which it. Is, that's asking a lot, isn't it? From a stranger that's already really disappointed in you. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted my money back. So I was like, I will return this. There is an issue, but we've resolved it together because, you know, Poshmark has pretty stringent. I, they have like intense you know, algorithms and they're searching for this stuff, but they'll boot you if if it comes. So people are really subverting a lot of these things. So in that case, learning to protect yourself and seeing sort of what your rights are as a consumer uh, will help this conversation along. But we are in a big gray area. So I think it's definitely worth worth thinking about and and worth hearing from listeners about, you know, I want to I want to know what what you think about this issue. find us online at ingopodcast.com. Hit us up anytime at hello at ingopodcast.com or slide into the DMs at ingopodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. I want to know where you lie in the conversation around authentication. Do you buy fake things or have you been scammed or are you someone who is scamming? We'll keep you anonymous. Uh, So we are absolving ourselves of any responsibility there. Uh, But we will talk to you soon. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, and it never gets old. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.